playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Costa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. It's wildcard weekend, and we've got picks for all the games, teasers, and even a Moneyline Matty pick for you. But first, with me as always, from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy the Prognosticator Attridge. Andy, what a way to end the week last weekend. Yeah, my uh, my heart just started beating again earlier this morning. <laughs> oh, that was an am- what a... I mean, if you're going to keep me up past midnight, that's how you do it. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm referring to my 49ers game. You're obviously referring to the Steelers game, but uh, both had uh, pretty unique endings. Actually, I'm talking about the Raiders-Chargers. That was an amazing game. But yeah, dude, your Niners, we picked them on the money line at the beginning nope. of the game. Things weren't going well. Nope. At halftime... We doubled down, didn't we? Both of us. Now you even got in a little faster than I did. You got it at what plus five twenty-five at halftime for a money line Niners yeah, win. I, I can't remember if it was at seventeen nothing or seventeen three, but I was like, "Ah, eh, stranger things have happened." Oh, I went on it too, man. As soon as a team gets out to a quick lead like that, eh, it usually dissipates. <laughs> Especially when you got a kid from the NFC North that's playing quarterback for you. For the NFC North, yeah, yeah. From- Unless his name's Rogers, mm, I don't think so. Or Har- or um, McMahon, right? I'm the punky QB known as McMahon. When I hit the turf, I've got no plan. Uh, you know, Jim McMahon was just a cog in the wheel, man. He, you know, you had Walter Payton. Did you but, really even no, need a quarterback? I-, I guess you had to have somebody hand Walter yeah, the ball. Hand Walter Payton the ball. I guess I, I talk too much shit about Jim McMahon. He tossed a couple really nice bombs to Willie Galt. I can't dance, but I can throw the field. So. Out of yeah. BYU. Yeah. Yeah. Good Mormon boy, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, speaking of my bears, dude, uh, it, it's it's like Christmas all over again with both Nagy and Pace getting canned and Ted Phillips saying that he will no longer be involved in football operations. What else do you need? Now, there's been a few names floating around. Jim Harbaugh, aforementioned. Uh, if, let me tell you, if you float that name again as a Bears potential head coach, we can no longer be friends. Hey, he that guy can't even beat Ohio State. How is he going to beat the Packers? Well, yeah, it's like uh, his Ohio State or his Michigan State or anyone else from the Big Ten or a ranked team. Or any big game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, forget about that. My, my choice would be Eric Bieniemy. Uh, of course, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, uh, he because of the work he's done with Patrick Mahomes as well, the yeah. same kind of style that Justin Fields is. So sure. I think he'd be able to kind of come in and at least compete. I know Leslie Frazier is a great coach. Uh, as a Bears fan, though, I've seen like even Lovey Smith, great coach, like, but the defensive guys, I love them. God bless him, but we got, we finally have a quarterback. I think we need somebody in there that can develop that quarterback, right? What, what Ryan Flores could do the same type of job, too. Yeah, I um, was even thinking Leftwich has uh, done a really good job in Tampa Bay as well. Yeah. But Biennemi would definitely be my choice for uh, Bears head coach, for sure. Well, we'll see how that unfolds, but anything's got to be better than what you've had for the last few years, so there you go. Yeah, it hasn't been good since Lubby left. Oh, there was... Sorry, there was one game that we hadn't talked about, and that took place in northern Florida. Florida? 
But that's America's wing. They prefer the Sunshine State. The Jacksonville Jaguars, Indianapolis Colts. The Colts, all they, they lost a win and in game to a 2-14 and 14 team whose fans came to the game wearing clown costumes to protest the franchise. It's probably one of the most embarrassing losses in NFL history. Right? That's horrible. No, you know what that is? That's horror awful. That's horrible and awful mixed together. Horror awful. But now I know I know you've done some research into this too. And you've talked to the right people, and you've got five things that contributed to this Colts failure. Number five. The Ravens turn into the Washington Generals anytime they play the Steelers. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bet it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, I thought the Generals were due! Number four. They forgot the golden rule of football. You play to win the game. Number three. They got caught looking ahead and didn't heed Colts former head coach Jim Mora's words. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Number two. Only Tom Brady gets official friendly calls in key games. I can't believe Giselle gets to sleep with him. And now, the number one melt. Instead of giving the players a pep talk, owner Jim Ursay spent the entire week doing blow with hookers inside his personal limo. I used to suck dick for coke. I seen him. Now that's an addiction, man. That is a disgusting act. All right, Andy, it's wild card weekend. Nothing more exciting than the NFL playoffs. So let's fire it up. Let's fire it up, Matthew. Are you ready? It's time! Let's fucking go! Our first game up on Saturday is in Cincinnati, where the Bengals play host to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the Bengals favored by five and a half points, 48 and a half year over under. Now the Raiders eight and nine against the spread, Bengals 10 and seven. Cincy though, they've lost their last seven straight wildcard games. And uh, the Raiders, uh, they're winners of their last four uh, games this season. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is they played some really good defenses, the Chargers, Colts, Broncos, and Browns. And the wins in Indy and Cleveland were away games. So the Raiders are coming in actually pretty hot, but the Bengals have such a stellar offense. What do you think about this, Andy? Well, you're you're giving the uh, their wild card record. No one in human history has ever sent a text message about the Bengals winning a playoff game because the last time that happened was in 1991, and the first text message was sent in 1992. Why are you bringing up old shit? But yeah, I mean, so this is only. Yeah, the Raiders, this is only, their, I think, their second postseason appearance in 19 years. Yep. And, you know, my point with that is I don't, you know, not one team has a huge advantage when it comes to experience in these type of games, but there's a huge differential in the experience that Derek Carr has and that Joe Burrow has, and this is his first foray into the postseason 25 years old just turned 25 a couple weeks ago you know he still had baby teeth the time that the raiders uh got their second first postseason appearance 19 years ago um raider nation is so excited about this that um apparently mark davis got a new haircut wow i wonder how much he spent on the bowl the bowls Uh the bowl for the haircut's probably worth more than the haircut he looks like 
Mo from the Three Stooges on a bad day. Okay, I, I'm always leery of. He looks the, like he looks like the haircut Jim Carrey had in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> That's the owner of look, the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> Can you believe this? Doesn't he look like he's wearing like a little Cub Scout cap? But keep in mind, you know, last time we saw Joe Burrow, he was limping off the field in the ending seconds of last week's game. But apparently he was a full participant in practice this week. His sore knee not expected to be an issue. But that offensive line has given up more sacks than any other team going into the playoffs with 55. And their secondary ranks 28th in the league against the pass. Well, dude, I want to go back to their offensive line here for a second because this is where I'm having the problem. Uh, the Raiders' defense has an NFL high 33.6 quarterback pressure rate and an NFL low 14.4 blitz rate this season. That means they're getting pressure with four guys. Yep. And they're doing it against teams not named the Bengals. So I. I see Joe Burrow actually running for his life a little this game. Now, they have averaged 27.1 points uh, this season. That's their most since 88. So this game really depends on Derek Carr and the uh, Raiders' defense. If Carr can get that offense to where they're scoring points and uh, keep – like Cincinnati is going to get theirs because they do have a pretty explosive offense. But if their defense can hold them to a few and Carr lights it up, I think that it's uh, the Raiders game. In fact, I'm making him a money line Maddie pick this week. Oh, oh! Yeah, I think the Raiders are playing with house money right now, which sort of makes them that much more dangerous. Um, and then if you know, with Cincy, Jamar Chase, their leading receiver, rookie, uh, Burrow again. You know, he's a young guy. Mixon's a young guy. Uh, their coach has never done that before. Yeah, I'm, I'm maybe not going to take them on the money line, but I, I certainly like the five and a half points, and I'll put those in my back pocket. Here's some more money for your pocket. You have a nice night. Nice. Got me feeling like I'm Josh Allen. Yeah. What? You got me feeling like I'm Josh. Okay. 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 You got me feeling like I'm Josh Allen. Yeah. Josh. And a big one for Bills Mafia Saturday night. We go to Western New York where the Buffalo Bills are four-point favorites at home against division rival New England Patriots. 43 and a half the over-under on this one, and it's going to be a cold one in Western New York. Uh, two degrees, that's Fahrenheit, with uh, 13 to 15 mile-per-hour wind gusts. And as football fans already know, the swirling winds off Lake Erie wreak havoc on a kicking game. New England, 10 and 7 against the spread. Buffalo, 9, 6, and 2. But here's where I want to start the conversation off, Andy. The Patriots have lost three of their last four coming into the playoffs, with one of those losses coming to the at the hands of the Bills at Gillette Stadium. That's not really great form. In fact, the Patriots have trailed by double digits at halftime in three of their last four games. Actually, by 13 points, and that includes a 20 to seven hole when they when they did uh, play the Bills last. And you know, Jones, Matt Jones struggled down the stretch. The in that in that particular stretch of the last five contests, throwing six touchdowns, five ints, which was not indicative of his play earlier in the season. But um, you mentioned uh, what was it? 
swirling winds up to 15 miles an hour, whatever. Yeah, right, right in your little golden zone, well, Andy. I just got an updated forecast about an hour ago. It's actually going to be uh, 20 miles an hour. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> which, yikes. Which was the recipe for disaster uh, in the first outing that they had in Buffalo, uh, where the Bills lost to a Mac Jones team that threw for three total passes, right? We remember that one. So We remember. And windy running game. Cold, windy running game. I think that gives the edge to the Patriots here. But, you know, as we know, with Tom Brady at the helm, the Patriots rarely played in the wild card weekend. So this is sort of new territory for Bill Belichick. Why is that important? Because that'll make it the third time that he plays this Bills team. Now you give Bill Belichick three times to prepare for the same team and you don't think he's maybe going to come up with a better game plan than even a guy like Sean McDermott? <laughs> it's funny, dude. Bill Belichick is 3-7 and seven as a head coach in the postseason versus teams that beat him that season. Yeah, but he also coached for the Browns, dude. <laughs> Dozens of balls. What's interesting about these two teams, they rank number one and two respectively in the league in passing yards allowed. So, as I say, it's probably going to come down to who runs the football better. Or short passing game because there's no, even uh, even Josh Allen, Josh Allen, the last time uh, they played with those heavy wins and, of course, Buffalo lost, it, he had a really hard time getting the ball anywhere past 15 yards yeah. with accuracy because the wind was just taking it. Uh, what they do have going for them is they're 2-0 and at home in playoff games under uh, Sean McDermott. But um, Belichick, I know I gave that stat that was kind of a negative, but really he's he's got 31 postseason wins. I mean, that's that's 11 more than Tom Landry. We're liberating Europe from the Nazis, Hank. Tom Landry? That's right. Before I won two Super Bowls, Hank, I flew a B-17 in World War II. Everyone knows that. You, you did touch on Mac Jones as well. Rookie quarterbacks are 2-8 and eight as starters in the postseason uh, since 2010, and both rookie wins were against other rookie starting quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, and rookie quarterbacks are 0-3 versus the number one scoring or total defense in the postseason. It, uh, Buffalo's number one in both categories. I'm glad you brought that up, Matty, because that's something that needs to be addressed. I don't think that Mac Jones falls in that category. I think what's going to happen is that Bill Belichick is going to put him in situations where he can be successful early, and that means short passes. That means handing the ball off a lot. So I don't see them stretching the field a whole bunch. It's going to be more of a death by a thousand cuts, but um, I think he's going to have a real safe game plan for Mac Jones. His role on our team, that's the same every Oh, he'll almost take Jones out of it, just like he did the last time they played in those weather conditions. Four points is a tough margin, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, four points is a lot because it is a divisional game, too. Divisional game, it's in the playoffs. Low wins. Here's the thing I think Buffalo wins outright, but I think I'm going to take the Pats to cover the spread. Really? Okay. All right. So, field goal game. Um, we've mentioned the weather a couple times. Speaking of the frigid temperatures, former NFL linebacker Bart Scott offered some interesting advice to Josh Allen this week. Scott recommended Allen take Viagra to help him out to deal with the frigid temperatures. Take some Viagra before the game, baby. 
that'll get the circulation going. You know, Viagra was first a heart medication, right? So it builds up circulation, which makes it get circulation to the feet. He said, I swear, I'm not trying to be funny. Now, he used to play for the Jets. So if that's what the Jets had been doing in the last decade, that would explain um, their conspicuous absence of playoff appearances. That really does give new meaning to point where you want to throw. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Correct. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> hey, trivia time, Andy. All right. How many times have these two teams met in the Super Bowl era in the playoffs? Twice. None. Really? Yep, this is the first time these two teams have met since oh, the start of the Super Bowl era in the playoffs. That's crazy. Not, I would have not guessed that. Um, so what are you picking here? What do you like? I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking the four points uh, with the Patriots. I like football. I like football season and all the things that go with it. Well, now we head to Sunday, where our first game on the docket is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing host to the Philadelphia Eagles. Tampa Bay, eight and a half point favorites with the 46 being your total. Philly, eight, eight and one against the spread. Tampa Bay, nine and eight against the spread. Uh, This really is a tale of the number one rushing offense versus the number one passing offense. And this is the fifth postseason meeting in NFL history between the pass yards leader and the quarterback rush yards leader from the regular season. And get this, the quarterback rush yards leader won all four of the previous matchups. Wow, I would have never guessed that. Now, Jalen Hurts, though, uh, he's going against Tom Brady. And quarterbacks age 25 or younger are 2-11 and 11 versus Tom Brady. Only uh, Sanchez and Flacco beat Brady in the playoffs. Well, the last time these guys, these guys met uh, earlier this season, uh, Hurts rushed for 44 yards, um, had two touchdowns on 10 carries. Um, but he only went 12 for 26 with 115 passing yards. So... And he also had a, an interception, too. What's interesting about that game is that the only running back to see any action was Miles Sanders, who had nine carries. The following game, they added rushes to guys like Gainwell, Boston Scott, and your guy Jordan Howard, former Bear. Uh, so they were spreading it around. And they went on a 7-2 and two run after that, I believe. And <laughs> um, Tampa Bay... That defense ranks 15th in opponents' yards per carry. And they've allowed 4.9 yards per carry over the last three weeks. So you can run on them. They've got a, don't don't get me wrong, they have a really good rushing defense, but it is possible to run on them, especially when you have a four-headed monster. Well, here's the problem with the Eagles, though, dude. They're 0-6 this season versus teams that have made the playoffs. <laughs> Nine and two versus all other teams. The only team that uh, Philly beat with a winning record is New Orleans. And New Orleans had a host of problems this year. And, you know, Jalen, Jalen Hurts can get it done. And I agree with you. A four-headed monster is uh, a great attack to have when you're talking about uh, the playoffs 
because you can hit them from a lot of different styles as well. But uh, this is the time of the year where Tom Brady just turns it on. And by turn it on, I mean his bat signal to the officials to let them know that he gets a bunch of calls. Yeah. So Philly well, is they, like they, the only reason that Philly is in the fucking playoffs to begin with. Let's face it. They're in the NFC East. Yeah. Like, the and they play the Giants and the fucking Taylor. Uh, Washington Generals there every week. <laughs> like every second week. So whatever, I'm going to take the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers to cover this. Yeah. It it was interesting. I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but we also, we obviously know they're thin at the wide receiver position. Godwin being injured for the rest of the year. And also what happened with uh, Antonio Brown, they actually picked up um, John Brown, who used to play for the bills and he had played, I think it was four games this season between Arizona and Seattle, zero catches, but they put him on their practice roster and he, yeah, zero catches this year. It seems like there's, they're stretching for that. Again, I would be remiss if I didn't let you know that the wind speeds up to 20 miles an hour. Um, so for a total that's 46 points, I think that's going to be a bit high. I don't see this as being a high-scoring game. And so you're giving me eight and a half points with a pretty good running team? I'm going to take the Eagles and the points on this one. I hate the fucking Eagles, man. And the late game Sunday afternoon takes place in Dallas, where the Cowboys play host to the San Francisco 49ers. Talk about a legendary NFL matchup. Uh, Dallas, three-point favorites at home. 51 is your total. San Francisco, 9-8 and eight against the spread, while Dallas is 13-4. and four. Also, Dallas holds the all-time uh, record for uh, victories in the playoffs versus the Niners. They sit 5-2, and two, but... Uh, I like talking about form coming into the playoffs. The Niners have won seven of their last nine games after starting the season three and five. So the Niners are on a bit of a tear here. This is your account, Andy. You think they can uh, they can get through the wild card? Well, let's let's just talk about the nostalgia between these two teams. This is actually going to be the first time ever in the postseason that features two teams with at least five Super Bowls that square off against each other. Um, when I was thinking about, you know, the rivals, the rivalries that these two teams have had, I was astonished to see that the last time they played against each other in the postseason was 1994. Um, another interesting fact, the last three times that these teams had faced off against each other, the winner went on to win the Super Bowl. Um, I can argue that these two teams have the best offensive lines in the league right now. The best, Jerry. The best. I think, however, it's going to come down to the defensive line's ability to stop the rush. I think in this particular instance, um, it's going to come down to the defensive line's ability to stop the rush, and I will give the nod to San Fran in this particular category. Well, I got one word for you, Andy. Mm-hmm. Debo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've been talking about this for a while. Like, go back, listen to shows from last year, even because last year with the Bears, we had Cordero Patterson. Yep. Look at how awesome Cordero is doing. And 
Atlanta's using them exactly as I said as I that the Bears should have tried to use them. And I'm not making millions of dollars as a head coach. I'm some chucklehead in front of a microphone in my study. So Debo Samuel and the way Shanahan uses him is just so perfect. It just keeps defenses off balance. So much motion, so many moving parts, and the Niners' offensive line uh, pulls it off fantastically. I, I really like how they've come on over the year. Now, you got to talk about Dallas. Like Dak Prescott uh, leads the NFL with uh, 1,100 pass yards under pressure this season and also nine passing touchdowns under pressure. Those are both tied for most in the NFL, which to me is mind-blowing um, that uh, he's that cool under pressure and he, he will be under pressure because uh, San Francisco can bring it. So it is going to be, it's, it, you know, it, it really does harken back to the 90s. Um, the Cowboys on defense, though, I, I do want to give a shout out because I was a defensive secondary guy myself that uh, Trayvon Diggs, the Cowboys corner, what a phenomenal year he's having. Uh, 11 of the 440 league-wide interceptions. That's 2.5% of the whole league's interception by one guy. That's the second highest percentage in a season since 1960. That's crazy. And couple that with Micah Parsons, the rookie. Yep. And his ability to get to the quarterback. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's quite the tandem that they have. Um, going back to Debo Samuel, just to give you an idea of um, the breadth to which they use him. Last game, he had 95 yards receiving, 45 yards rushing, one touchdown reception, and one touchdown pass. Pretty incredible. And you throw in guys like George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and, you know, Eli Mitchell's back and healthy now in their, in their backfield. Um, I, I just think that this is a smash-mouth type of game, and I think that the 49ers are a better smash-mouth type of team. So I'm going to take them um, not only to cover, but to win. Oh! Oh! It's an Andy money line pick. Well, let me add to that, buddy. I'll bolster your opinion in that the Niners play phenomenal away from home. They're actually better away from home than they are at home at least recently. And uh, if you're talking about coaching matchups as well, I'll take Shanahan over McCarthy any day of the week and twice on Sunday. So they are a Moneyline Maddie pick as well. Oh! Oh! And Sunday night, big AFC matchup here where the Kansas City Chiefs play host to the Pittsburgh Steelers. KC, 13-point favorites, 46 being your over-under on the game. Both teams are sitting at 8 and 9 against the spread. But uh, this is another game where we got some big-time wins. 18 to 19-mile-per-hour wind gusts mixed with temperatures well below freezing. And... Uh, Big Ben doesn't really play very well in wildcard games. He's only three and four all time in wildcard games. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes is six and zero oh in the postseason versus quarterbacks not named Tom Brady, and he's fantastic at home. Uh, Fifteen pass touchdowns, no interceptions, and six career playoff starts. That's the best postseason p- touchdown uh, interception ratio at home in NFL history. So the wildcard era started in nineteen seventy eight. 
13 points um, is the widest spread for, um, for a side since that era started. In fact, the next lowest is 11. So by far, biggest spread here. Um, well, and with a low total. Well, You'd think at least the total would be like 51 if you're talking 13 points. Well, look, look, the last time these guys met, which was in week 16, the Chiefs won 36 to 10. So there's your 46 points. Yep. You know, the, the, this Steelers team reminds me of that Denver Broncos team that won the Super Bowl six years ago with what I referred to as Noodler and Peyton Manning at the helm. And his arm was a pale comparison of its former self. And I think that's the same thing with Big Ben. And if you look at that Denver team, they had defensive ends, Akeep Tlaib, Malik Jackson, linebackers, Shaq Barrett, Brandon Marshall, Von Miller, Demarcus Ware. And they had an average O-line with a pretty good uh, running game anchored by C.J. Anderson. But I think the Steelers' front four can really get to Mahomes. And if you remember the Super Bowl last February – when Tampa Bay's defense had him running around the field like a chicken with his head cut off, you know? Uh, yeah. And by the way, Shaq Barrett, one of those guys. But, you know, Pittsburgh has not led the league in many categories this season, but total sacks is one of them. <laughs> and TJ Watt, you know, is a big reason why, because he's now got uh, an NFL tying record, 22 and a half. Um, he's averaged... Almost, or sorry, the team has averaged almost five sacks a game in their last three outings. And Casey's O line isn't what it was when they won the Super Bowl either. Mahomes has had to run a little more, and it's been a little bit more accessible. Um, the, the Chiefs' defense has been playing really well though lately. They've allowed ten points or fewer in five straight home games. Um, that's actually the longest streak of that nature in team history. This comes down to, though, like you said, the Steelers' defense. They're 8-0-1 when allowing fewer than 24 points this season, and they're 1-7 when allowing 24 or more points this season. So they've got to do the job uh, keeping, and you know, like it, it's really hard. Mahomes is going to get his. A lot of those guys, he's got so much talent on offense, but it's been done. People have held the Chiefs, or teams have held the Chiefs, I think that with the wind speeds and the the, the cold temperatures uh, and Pittsburgh's solid defense, this could be a low-scoring game. I might look at the under, and if the under does happen, then I don't see KC winning by 13 points. So I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers to cover that 13 points. All right, Matty, I'm going to give you four names here. TJ Watt, whom we already mentioned, Micah Fitzpatrick, Cam Hayward, Joe Hayden, four pro bowlers um, on their defense. And I I think that those guys collectively and what they bring makes 13 a huge spread to cover. So, I, yeah, I'm taking the points with the Steelers. Joe on the Chiefs. Owns. 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 And 
finally Monday night. We head to Los Angeles where the Rams are four-point favorite against uh, visiting division rival Arizona Cardinals. 49 and a half is your total. Now the Rams, they've got the Cards number. They've won nine of their last 10 against the Cards. Uh, the Rams eight and nine against the spread this year. Cards 10 and seven. Um, the one thing the Rams have against them though, and we talked about it earlier, Matthew Stafford. Uh, you know, he plays well, but he's 7 and 63 in his career, including the playoffs against teams that have won 10 or more games in that season. And he's 2 and 5 this season against teams like that. So I don't know. The, the Rams have been a team that I think have punched below their weight class almost all season long. I think they have too, considering all the firepower that they that they threw on there, it, like an all-in type of scenario for the season. Getting Von Miller and um, you know, obviously with the big Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff trade, uh, they <laughs> there's just a lot of big names on that team that I've yet to see really gel. Obviously, Cooper Cup's having a phenomenal season, um, but he's really the only big standout there on offense. I mean, you got. Oh my God. I mean, you got Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. And as I say, Von Miller and defense, um, what concerns me about Arizona is that I saw yesterday that James Connor is not practicing this week and will be a game time decision. Um, so I, <laughs> you know, they still have Chase Edmonds and obviously Kyler Murray himself, but it's going to be an uphill battle if they don't have James Connor, who was a touchdown machine this year. Um, and they're getting J.J. Watt back. But, you know, he had a shoulder injury that caused him to miss 10 games. So how healthy he's going to be, don't know. Well, the Cardinals have lost six of their last 10, uh, including four of their last five after starting the season 7-0. and So, you know, the Rams, they've had their problems. Uh, like, they started the season really hot as well. And have kind of so both these teams have kind of had iffy ends to their season, middle and end parts to their season. Um but here's an interesting stat I found about uh, wildcard matchups between division opponents. Um, over the last eight seasons, there's been six such matchups, and the lower seeded team are five and one in those matchups. Yeah, uh, the same applies. You know, it, this is a blanket statement. If you just look over the last five or six years, the underdogs have done fantastically well, road teams have done fantastically well. And unders have done fantastically well. And I was trying to think, of what's, what's the reason for that? And I think the reason is, is that the public gets involved a lot more in betting when it comes to the postseason. And I think favorites are artificially high. And I think overs are artificially high. So you're getting a lot of extra line value. So if you're going to take an away team or an underdog or an under, wait till closer to game time when those numbers go up even more. Yeah, so I am going to wait till game time because uh, I also like the Arizona Cardinals on the money line. Oh! Oh! Oh, you use the word also. I do not like the Cardinals in this one. I like the Rams in this one. I think they'd actually gel this week. They come together and all that effort in the offseason, putting these guys uh with the same jersey is going to pay dividends and i uh don't really care about the four points um i'm taking the rams to cover
All right, it's time for the exotic bet section of uh, the podcast where uh, Andy and I, well, we used to be like a teaser section, and I think Andy's got a teaser for you, but I got a try bet to get to. So, Andy, first off, uh, lay down a teaser for these folks to get down on this weekend. Yeah, the, my, uh, the two legs of my teaser are nothing more um, than an echo of what I just said about some of the underdogs. The first one takes place on Saturday. In fact, it's the first game. Right now, the Raiders are at plus five and a half. Um, I'm going to add six points to that and take them to 11. So you're going through a key number of seven and also 10. And I, I don't see this being terribly high scoring. Uh, and I think they'll, they'll keep it within single digits to, at best. Uh, the second one, same thought mentality, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers, taking them from 13 uh, to 19 points. So even if KC scores 27, or sorry, 24, um, Pittsburgh just needs to score one touchdown, and they're covering. So uh, again, taking the Raiders to plus 11.5 and, and taking the Steelers to plus 19. All right, so I got a try bet for you, and uh, well, a try bet is where you can place one of three different bets. Either one team uh, wins by more than six, another team, the other team wins by more than six, or there's within six points. And within six points, you're usually getting about plus 220 to plus 250, somewhere in that area. And uh, I'd like to go to Western New York for my try bet, where the Buffalo Bills are playing host to the New England Patriots. Uh, the Bills are favored by four, but it's a very low total, 43 and a half. And we're talking winds that could be up to 20 miles per hour and very cold. The last time these two teams played, uh, it was really tight. It was a very low-scoring affair, and it was in the same kind of weather conditions. So what I'm going to do is I'm on the try bet. I'm going to take the game within six points either side. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Well, thank you for listening to the Wild Card Weekend Edition of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Then you won't miss a show. You can also hit us up at our website, almostwiseguys.com, for additional content and picks from all the wild card games across the NFL. From the Costa Nostra Studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back in Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Yeah, it's been a long time coming to rep the East. Buffalo back with a vengeance. We resurrected the team, man, we dangerous. Watch for these horns, they lacerate and cut. We don't play no game while we play this game, no, I play in us. You know what it's about, you made me wanna shout. They said to take it now, we took another route. Deuces to the drought. Play through all the doubters, finger pointing and laughing. The ones that was talking that trash are the same ones circling wagons, we ain't having it. Dominate divisions ever since we put the hell in it. Knocks the competition out the stadium like Hammerfist. Stephon Diggs a grave. He pays respects uh, to the cornerbacks that can't cover quickness, then he catches it. Yeah. In 1995 to 2020, break the streaks. Yeah. The faith in every season for the team, cause I believe. Taught me no matter how many times you're down, do not accept defeat. Feel like number 17. You got me feeling like I'm Josh Allen. Yeah. What? You got me feeling like I'm Josh. Okay. 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 You got me feeling like I'm Josh Allen. Yeah. Josh. Yeah. Who? Josh. Yeah. Josh. Josh.
Succeed the most in the freezing cold Break a couple tables in the parking lot with sleet and snow Put the work in with Sean McDermott, a worthy coach Y'all can get the hands like a Wilson ball when it's easily thrown Got so many yards to the point we own in property I remember haters talking foolish with that gossip But they don't want it with Buffalo Cause when the winter storm hits, they'll be stuck with nowhere to go Let's play Micah hide and seek, we'll find a week up on the field To hike and we'll unleash the likes of Trey White and Evans All kinds of D, back in the driver's seat The Singletary, he's bringing scary to carry the ball through the plane embarrassed these adversaries prepare to be victimized we gave new england pats up on their back told new york to chat they left the scene and packed their bags one fishing for some dolphins left them beats up on the sand the AFC East champs you got me feeling like i'm josh allen yeah what you got me feeling like i'm josh okay 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 you got me feeling like i'm josh allen yeah josh Josh. Yeah, Josh Allen.